0: Welcome to the Radium Black podcast. This is a podcast focused on Radium Black and all things Massiverse by Kyle Higgins, Marcela Costa, Becca Carey, and Michael Basuto. Today I'm joined by my friend and my fellow co-host Matt, but I'm also hey, joined hey. by woo. I'm also joined by a very special guest and one that we've wanted to have on for a long time now. And um, what was it? it something like thirty-six.
1: Thirty-seven.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, if you if you know, you know. We're just gonna leave it there. Yeah. Um. So no, I. Just, without further ado, I want to announce the incredible TFG one Mike, but you might know him as the podcast machine. How are you doing, Mike?
2: I'm surviving. That's that's about as good as good as I can tell everybody nowadays but uh but yeah I've been doing the podcast thing for about 14 years it's uh it's been one hell of a journey <laughs> yeah
0: you know, I can't even imagine I mean, we have been doing it for just over a year now and it it's been quite a journey for a year and I can't even imagine the journey you've been on I mean you've been to Mordor and back at this point yeah pretty much pretty so, much yeah. I want to ask, as someone who has a ton of experience with podcasts, how many podcasts are you currently like a part of or working on?
2: Well, with so, brief history, I, I found it, I started listening to podcasts in late 2006, early 2007. And by November, December of 2008, I was like, I can do this. I can sit here and talk to myself and, and give my opinion, because at that time I was just doing it, at first I was just doing it solo by myself. So initially I thought, "Oh, please tell me you both have seen Good Morning Vietnam." I know the phrase. Robin I, Williams. Uh, oh, okay, but okay, I need to. I need to. In, in in that movie, he plays Adrian Kronauer, who was the the radio announcer, the radio DJ, okay? In the beginning of that movie before he takes over, there is a different announcer Who sounds like this. Today, the weather will be 42 degrees and winds at like, it was like this really, really robotic stiff. So that's what I thought I had to sound like in the beginning. So like the first 11 episodes of my original podcast, because I started with Transformers. I'm a huge Transformers fan. I reviewed all 98 episodes of the original Generation 1 cartoon, but the first, I think, 11 episodes of that is me by myself trying to give my opinion on it and not knowing what the hell to do, and and just, like, it sounds like garbage. It really does.
3: Those men who lost equipment in last week's rains are asked to contact Lieutenant Sam Scheer. Lieutenant Schneer... Lieutenant Scheer asks those men with waterlogged mitts to make every effort to dry them out in the sun before requesting new ones. Bookworms. Headquarter support activities Saigon operates libraries at six locations in the Republic of Vietnam.
1: Hello there and welcome to the TFG1 podcast. My name is Michael Blanchard. I will be your host for the next 50, 60, 70 or so episodes. I don't know how long this thing is going to be. This idea came to me because I have absolutely tons of extra time on my hands that I waste with sleeping. I'm not kidding you folks. I sleep probably 16 hours a day, off and on, you know, throughout a 24-hour day. So I figured why not just write up a whole bunch of crap and talk to people about it. Basically, what the TFG1 podcast will do is review the entire Generation 1 cartoon of the Transformers. I am a Transformers fan. I have been a Transformers fan since I was a little kid. And yes, like most of us Transformers fans, I cried and threw a fit when Optimus Prime got killed in the movie. (laughs)
2: So it's it's been a learning curve, and I found through I eventually joined social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that, and and I found Stephen C. Phillips, who is my my co-creator, my best friend. Uh, we created the GeekCast Radio Network. Currently, we produce. Her. I mean, we, as in the whole network, I want to say 10 podcasts, 10 individually different podcasts. And we've got video content. We've got written content with the podcast side. Because for me, it's like when I think of a podcast, a podcast is audio. It's something you listen to. It's not something you watch. It's not a YouTube video. It's not a live show. It's not anything you'd see. It's just an audio recording that is pre-recorded, edited, and then published kind of thing. so for me, I liked audio podcasts and I liked I like producing them and whatever else. so just off the top of my head without going through everything, we've got altered geek, which is Steve's show where he gives his we give our opinions on various geek news and things like Sick that
4: title. like playing altered beast right yeah
2: geek? Uh, yeah, something like you you'd have to ask him that story i i, I no, that's I don't know. It might have yeah.
4: been the Sega Genesis of that idea, but that's dope. Anyways, continue.
2: Yeah, so there's Altered Geek. There is the overall flagship show, Geekcast Radio, where that's generally our big show. That's generally the show that we were – like when we first started out, we were doing stuff like, oh, let's do an episode on the like, – back in 2000. 2000- nine when we started the iphone i think four three gs or four was just about to come out or something or so let's do an episode on the iphone let's do this let's do a history of batman let's do this let's do that so it's kind of the bigger thing and it's also where most of our interviews go uh, the pull bag is about to celebrate 10 years next year in march i started that in 2013 because we start i've always been a cartoon kid I, I I liked comics. I enjoyed comics, and I'm 42 years old. I'm I'll be 43 next February, so I'm I'm old, and I've I've experienced a lot. Uh, I, I feel like Wendell here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so with the pullback, I didn't want it to just be your standard comic book podcast where every episode was a review of a comic book. I wanted to find a way to you know discuss things, not just news topics, but whatever. So mm-hmm. I found this format that I call Origins, and I know everyone else has used Origins. I think even, like, there was a Sony Origin thing or something, whatever. But it's the GCR on Origins now. But originally it was the pullback Origins. It was 20 for you guys. Both of you know. I've already had you on. But, like, for the listeners of the Radiant Black podcast – it's 25 questions about how people got into or out of reading comics, and we talk about, you know, I ask these questions, and I say, hey, what do you like? What don't you like? Who are your favorites? Who are your favorite writers? And all this, and we just have a fun conversation about comics. There's ToyCast, which has origins, and the toy collecting ToyCast origins are the most in-depth questions. It's 42 questions. It takes about three hours to record that thing. Uh, we've got one for cartoons. We've got all this stuff. We have a TV podcast, a TV review show that we started back in 2009, 2010, called The Telecast. That's done by my buddy uh, Optimus Solo. He doesn't do it that much anymore. It's kind of retired. So we've just got 14 years of content, folks, at geekcastradio.com. I, I guess I shouldn't bury the lead with the interviews, really. I, I, I guess I really shouldn't bury that lead. I have had the uh, I and a lot of a lot of the a lot of the rest of us have had the opportunity to talk to people like David Kay, Maurice Lamarche. Actually, Maurice Lamarche, I, I always tell I always have to tell the story because this is why I say my podcasts are audio only. They are edited and then published because in case anything happens in the recording. <laughs> that you don't want in there so this is why this is why i do that this is why i've been doing that since 2010 or whenever it was that we interviewed maurice lamarche voice of the brain from animaniacs and all that shock uh Mm -hmm.
4: every like like any Mm -hmm. basically any black character animation like 50 50 shot maurice lamarche was doing it like 10 years ago like hermes conrad like iconic voice you've heard her voice for sure Mm -hmm.
2: absolutely so at that time We were in between Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Arkham Asylum, the video game, had been out for a while. And Arkham Arkham City was about to be announced or had just got announced that it was happening, but no other... Like, you know these standard news site announcements like, oh, Arkham City, they're working on it now. More details soon kind of thing, just so they can get clicks. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So... We had him on, and we, when we have a person on for an interview, we get their story from their beginning. When they were, you know, like, did you always want to be an actor? Did you always want to be a voice actor? Did you want? What is your favorite type of voice acting? So this question, this is the question that brings back to the Morris thing. What is your favorite type of voice acting? Animation, narration, video games. We 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 list all these various examples of voice acting. And he said, oh, you know, it's funny with, with video games. It's just you in a room talking to yourself. And he said without any prompting, he said, yeah, I just got out of a session where I was voicing Mr. Freeze in the upcoming Batman Arkham City game. <laughs> I <laughs> oh stopped God, for like half reason. a Yeah, I stopped. It, like, no, like. Never. Nobody had heard anything about who was uh, obviously Kevin Conroy was going to come back and and, yeah. and, and voice a Batman for that. But like nobody else had heard anything else for other characters. I stopped for like half a beat and I followed it up with, can you give us a sample of the voice? He's like, no, no, I can. I, you know, I was I'm not even sure if I should tell you that I'm even in it. But, yeah, no, I NDA and everything else. I edited that interview so damn fast, got it online, and then I went out grocery shopping with my mom at the time. Yeah. I get home, my phone, my computer, my email, every single piece of my technology was blowing up. And Steve was like, what the hell did you do? What happened? Why why is this happening? So a little un I don't even know what the unknown site was. Little unknown site picked it up as as a news article bit. Oh Maurice, Lamar, you know how like if you if you listen to any podcast that like a pretty example is the current uh, thing. I, my my current obsession is Pod Meets World with Danielle Fishel, Ryder Strong, and Wilfried L. They're going back through Boy Meets World yeah. and the you know whatever. So. They'll say stuff about the show and about their – experience. so websites will take some of that and, like, bend it to their own will of, oh, well, they said this on this podcast and, oh, my God. It's-. So, you know, some unknown website picked it up and then IGN picked it up and it went nuts. And I'm, like, trying to get a hold of Maurice LaMarche. I'm trying to get a hold of his agent. I'm trying to get a hold. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can change it. I can fix it. I can take it down, whatever you want me to do. And Maurice eventually replies, like, it's out there. There's nothing we can do about it now. Because once IGN picks up something, you can't erase that. You just can't. You can't go back in and edit it and and change it and whatever. Uh, Kevin Conroy. We interviewed Kevin Conroy. And I, I know this might sound... This might sound bad, but it isn't. He has the most interesting September 11th story I've ever heard. Like I've I've heard a, a bunch of September 11th stories, but his with the way that he told it on that interview was just I absolutely love that. Uh, we talked to Lauren Lester, voice of Robin Nightwing and Vo- You know he's been in a bunch of that other is. stuff. Let's uh, Rob Paulson. We we've talked to him. Uh Josh Keaton. All right, here's Josh Keaton. Awesome. Sp- how, S- how spectacular far? Spider-Man, uh, Green Lantern, yeah, all that stuff.
4: When you got the scoop, how many years had you been doing the podcast before the Maurice Lamarche thing happened?
2: Uh like I – oh, well let's let's see. I'm on the page. Where is where is Maurice's face? That's the easiest way to find the dang thing. It was around 2011 when the game dropped, so yeah. Yeah, so that interview was probably somewhere around there. It was like maybe a couple of months before it, maybe? I'm trying to think. When was that? No, but that's really
4: amazing that you got such a story like that, that like IGN's covering and stuff like that. They didn't credit you, did they?
2: I think that I, w- I would have to go back and search through i and searching through ign to find anything is just a nightmare but, but
4: you know what they say you can't spell ignorant without no i'm just kidding but, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at least you know they didn't say you had too much water or anything like that we know they're ign most reputable source of everything but no that's that is amazing that they said that and to break that and, and it's the best arkham game too right like that is the best of the batman arkham games yeah, am, I, it's- am i speaking at a school i don't think so no i don't think so yeah we published that april 4th Sixteenth, twenty ten. No, that's yeah, that's awesome. So it just goes to show that you put in the work and you never know what's gonna happen. You get I mean, the beginning, Maurice Marsh, you've already made it in my eyes, but then you get a drop like that and then boom, it explodes, and here we are. So that's amazing.
2: We talked with the late great Lord Zed. We had Zed and Rita on for an episode. We had uh, Barbara Goodson and Robert Axelrod, who is no longer with us, who was the voice of Zed. We talked with him. Uh, I've talked to Neil Ross a couple of times. I've talked to Starscream's daughter, Abby Collins Cluster. She is Chris Lotta's daughter. Uh, I'm still waiting on her to give me her version of the Starscream voice. She never did it at the time, but I, I asked her, I said, So, do you have, is there a female version of what you think your dad sounds like? She's like, Yeah, there is, but I can't do it right now. I was like, Oh, okay. So, you've already had me and Bash on. Who,
4: other than us, who is the dream guest to have on to interview?
2: Oh man. Okay, well I will answer that, but I will tell I'm gonna start with some shattered dreams because I have been a Hollow Notes fan since I was born and since I knew about them. In twenty eleven Daryl had just released his album at the time Laughing Down Crying. So we are two and a half years into the network. He releases this album. I send his management the standard interview request template that I have. You know, I, I always say I can cater to whatever time they have, and, you know, I'll, I'll move because I have no schedule. Podcasting is my life. I, I, That's mm-hmm. all I do. So, you know, and they just came back with, you know, and I, I wrote on that, like, you know, I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan for years, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Daryl isn't doing phoners right now, hmm. and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Uh, I've we've been kind of sort of chasing Mark Hamill for years. I mean, we have Batman, we have Robin, we need to get the Joker eventually.
4: Have you gotten some massive names though? I mean, for, if Mark Hamill's like within your grasp, like that's like no big deal to you know, it's like it's a potential to get M- Mark Hamill. That's pretty
2: good. And, and well, and the funny thing is, it's a potential, but it just depends on what he's doing and things like that. Uh, let's see, I've. Talked with probably over 10 times the Transformers musician Stan Bush. I have at least 10 interviews with him over the years since since 2008. Yeah. Uh, I talked with both voices of Jem, Samantha Newark, who was the speaking voice, and Britta Phillips, and the singing voice. You had Kyle on, right? Yeah, had Kyle Higgins
0: on. So that's a good segue to our next topic, which is like yep. how, how did you come to find out about the Radiant Black then?
2: I follow Kyle. I've been following Kyle since the new 52 Nightwing. So whenever, whenever he says posts something or says something or whatever else, that's how I was like, Ooh, okay, let's, let's check this out. This is what Kyle's doing now. That's great. That's awesome. Let's, let's look at it. And Have you read went,
4: his other, his other, uh, his other, uh, critical Oh yeah. Titles? Oh yeah.
2: How I do you think Re- black ranks for you? Among um, them? Okay, so how how many are we talking? Like Cowl and what was the other? Uh, he's got Ordinary Gods, which is. Uh, he's got. A, yeah, I have not. I have not read Ordinary Gods. So between Cowl and Radiant Black, they are two very very different things. Hmm. So they like I don't. I don't like putting things like Cowl is superhero labor union in the olden days of Chicago. Radiant hmm. Black is. We don't know what it is yet. You won't <laughs> tell us, damn it.
4: That was the most natural segue to we don't know what it is without making a meme of it.
2: But yeah, it's true. It is. We don't, we don't know, know what know it is. What it is yet. And so, so yeah, uh, you know, I just like the way he writes. I think the before Nightwing, the first thing I read of his was when he was co-writing with Snyder on Gates of Gotham. Gates of Gotham is easily my favorite before oh, New 52 yeah. Batman story. Great story. Yeah, underrated, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, very underrated story. I highly recommend
0: it, actually. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you recently read all the Radiant Black issues, and, you know, you're a big Kyle Higgins fan, so that's always fantastic. What, Which one of your issues of Radiant Black out of, the, out of all 18 that have uh, come out so far is your favorite, and why?
2: I gotta say, issue three... I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you three choices because issue three issue ten and issue eighteen the most recent issue issue eighteen so issue three i've been writing stuff since I was fourteen i have been writing i've tried to write short stories i've tried to basically you read issue three that's that's what i was like back in nineteen ninety four at fourteen years old you know I was trying to figure out what to do and how to write the thing and how to do the thing and whatever else by ninety-nine I had about I don't know, three different four or five different books of full poetry books that I had written. Hadn't had any of them published. Oh, and that's the funny thing. 1999, I tried to get published. Don't ever go to a subsidy publisher, folks, because they want you to put up the ten grand. They don't they don't pay you, you pay them. Subsidy publishers, don't do it.
4: We got so, apps now. We got poetizer. Well, you can like publish a book for free without any like honor you had to work for it back
2: then. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well the funny thing is there was a company I don't I think they're what are they called now? America Books or something? I don't remember. Mm. Back in two thousand six, two thousand seven they were there was this company called Publish America. You could submit to them and whether they chose it or not, you went through. I have three books of poetry published through them. Hell yeah. Poems that I wrote sometime between '97 and 2004, and they were published between 2006 and 2009. What genre? Uh, it's mostly lovey-dovey BS. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. mostly teenagerish BS. Like, I mean, it's. It's good. It's it's somewhat thought-provoking, but it was more of like, hey, I wrote this when I was 15. I wonder if I could get it published kind of thing. And I don't have my – I have my files, but I don't have my files up where I could just pull one up on the spot to say, hey, this is – I know that I wrote one of them about – because I'm originally from Boston. I'm originally from Kingston, Massachusetts, which is an hour and a half south of Boston. So I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I wrote one called and then I know that I know there's a Kevin Costner movie called this, but I wrote one called For the Love of the Game and it was all about my love about the Red Sox and it was just in free verse poetry form and I you know, they always say you have to learn about something before you can do it. I have been learning about poetry since elementary school. I cannot do haiku, I cannot do IMB whatever the hell the I am contamination contaminator thing is iambic pentameter I, yeah yeah pentameter? I, I, yes. yeah i can't i can't do that i just write it and i put it in a in a in a, in a stanza format it so yeah, yeah yeah sometimes i rhyme sometimes i don't i wrote one for my dad i wrote one about september 11th when that happened okay. so yeah i mean it's it's, it's kind of like a generalization of whatever i'm feeling at the time kind of thing okay if you're published I, I've been wondering this myself if you're a published
4: poet are you also a published author like what's the difference are you published poet published author I don't know
2: I mean I guess I just know <laughs> I have I have books out there and they called me an author so when I was looking at the contracts when I was looking at this that like for me the difference between an author and a poet mm. a, a poet is somebody who number 1 didn't know it and number 2 <laughs> they go out and they Give performances, so like. You need to go to spoken word places where they yeah, have yeah, the yeah, dim yeah. lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Fair enough. Uh, i enough. Again, I don't know uh, how big of a Tom Cruise fan are either of you.
4: I mean, I like to watch people run in movies, so I've seen all of them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've okay. seen quite a few. Have you guys seen Cocktail? I haven't. Mm. Okay, this is from okay, this is from 1988. This is cocktail. Hmm. It's Tom Cruise, Brian Brown, Elizabeth Shue is in it, and he calls himself the last barman poet. And he he, like you're talking about the spoken word stuff. You know, he just jumps up on the bar and you know does all this song and dance with poetry type thing. So yeah. (sighs)
3: Last barman poet. Give us a kiss, you sexy beast! I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach, the schnapps made from peach, the velvet hammer, the Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth, the pink squirrel, the three toed sloth. Everyone! I make drinks so sweet and snazzy, the iced tea, the kamikaze, the orgasm. Hands up the merchandise! The death spasm. The Singapore sling, the ding America, you're just devoted to every flavor I've got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot?
2: I think the difference is the author of poetry is someone who writes it down, who maybe posts it on Facebook or makes an image and posts it on Instagram or maybe, you know, goes to one of these apps now, apparently. you Kids and your apps. I remember there, when, when there wasn't apps. <sighs> I, I'm,
4: remember, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the entree. Like, the apps suck, dude. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: we went, went from two cans and a piece of string to to Google Pixel G2 sen- Tensor sensor, so, sensor
0: stuff.
1: Go ahead. That's, a, that's a poem so right there. Is that
0: part of why you like Reading Black number
2: 18? Because I see a lot of present and past kind of uh, – Yes and no, but it's also so okay. So getting back to the like thing, so issue three writing day, obviously. Issue 10, I have I was a .A dare kid. For those that may or may not know what dare was, drug abuse was an ironic shirt, the people that did
4: not follow dare for it. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) So we had a police officer come into our elementary school like once a week, and he would go (laughs) through all these things and he would say, you know. Dare and, and McGruff the crime dog were essentially the same thing as a child for me. Like, you know, I I'm just gonna bring up McGruff. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So I've never I've never smoked, I've never done any kind of drugs or anything like that. Have I had alcohol in my life? Yes, but I do not drink. It's not something like I've tried it various times, but it's mm. not something for me. So I guess technically I guess I'm a straight edger, I guess. So That's- with with and the reason why I'm saying all of this is because I'm not that. When I read when I just look at issue 10, I'm like, "Oh my god, my eyes are bugging out. This is like the <laughs> biggest acid trip and this isn't even with with this is without turning the black light on. This is yeah. just looking at the book and I'm like, this is the best comic design that has ever been in the last 90 years of comics.
4: Shit. I mean, where's the lie? <laughs>
2: like really, it, it is really phenomenal what they did. Yeah, absolutely. And then issue 18, it's because we, like, up to up to the point of, let's say, 14, 15, 16, 17, we saw Satomi's story, we saw Eva's story, and it's like, okay, when are we getting to Wendell? And we all know now how the series goes. You know, issue 6 was the the origin, issue 12, you know, it's like... Every six issues, you're going to get something that isn't, like, what's going on in the main part of the story. So when issue 18 came out, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I'm not somebody that – I've read comics where you have the main artist and then you have somebody else on, like, a like the past or the future or something. So it's the, the main artist throughout and then the present timeline – but if those keep flipping back and forth too fast, like if you have a, a shot of the present and then it flashes back to the past and then it goes back, I don't like that quick time jump. But the way they did the timelines in 18 and the customization, you guys talked about it in episode 36 of that that special edition that they're doing of that. It's just this this fold out, you know. I'm gonna say it this way, monopoly board because I saw I saw the the black market narrative stream that he did, and he's like trying to unfold this in like like his kitchen, and I'm like, dude, that's like a bride's wedding t- train or something. Like, oh my know, god!
1: Exactly. It, this is it.
2: why this is why I like issue 18. Not only do we get Wendell's story in various forms, we are getting things in in comic like. DC's never going to do something like that. Marvel is never going to do something like that. Do they do special edition stuff? Yes, absolutely they do. But, man, let me tell you, and you guys know, hello, you are the Radiant Black Podcast, and boy, do I have a story about that. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, they do things so differently that it is so cool that I hope everybody listening to the sound of my voice gives Radiant Black a try, because... It is so – I'm a person that I rely on nostalgia and continuity and everything must align. And I'm not I, – I don't like change. I don't like doing new things sometimes. And a lot of times I don't like trying to have to learn about new comic book characters. Yeah. MCU, Endgame, okay, the story's done. Yes, there was Hawkeye. Yes, there was Winter Soldier. Yes, there's there's WandaVision. I, I am not a fan of the Loki character in general. I never have been, so I don't really give a crap about any of the Loki stuff. But basically, my point is Endgame was the finale point, and now they're trying to restart and do this whole thing. And I'm just like, do I really need to learn about the Eternals? Really? I don't <laughs> think anyone actually
4: did. I think they still, I, if you can leave the movie and name the whole cast – <laughs> they should they should make you an eternal like like right. really, like anyways not to shit on you know, it it has been a mixed bag post end game and i think that there's been an an increase in in quantity and i don't think the quality is maintained but no maintained. Mm-hmm. speaking of all the because you're t- well i'm obviously delighted
0: to hear that you're enjoying it so much because obviously we do as well and you're right it has been incredible innovative and i do highly recommend everybody to check it out uh, I, I i we've given away god knows like we've I think we've given away more copies than anyone than, than anyone of the comics, but yeah. The, but my question was, who's your favorite Massive Verse character? I feel like I already know the answer, obviously, but uh, you know, it's worth asking. And why?
2: So okay, so I read Supermassive, and that was kind of my introduction to the rest of the Massive Verse, because, mm. like I said. Uh, I, I mentioned to you guys off air, I have not caught up with Radiant Red, I have not caught up with Rogue Sun. Mm. I, I just, I read comics to talk about them on my podcast, and right now, the hosts I had for Radiant Black they like I'm in the middle of transition. I just moved across the country from Washington to to Indiana. I don't even have my, like I'm using my kitchen table right now in my living room. I don't even have, like I have this whole Hmm. six foot by nine foot desk that I use for podcasting and whatever else. So, so yeah, but I pod, I read comics for podcasting. So for me, a favorite Oh God. All right. Well, I gotta say, huh? No gun to your head. (laughs) No, 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 no. I know. Well, this is where, because talking about characters is going to lead into why I am 37. So, I liked Nathan. I thought he was cool. I thought he was interesting. I wanted to see more of his story. And then that red jerk had to drop a building on him. And I know he's come back and now they're sharing it and it's Radiance Black and all that and everything else. But when I first started reading the comic, I was like, oh, Nathan is Dante and and Marshall is Randall. Dante Hicks and Randall Graves from Kevin Smith's Clerks. Yeah. those I heard Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson. I heard those voices in my head as I was reading it. And I like them both. But... I, I don't know, I, it's easier to tell you who I don't like in the series, honestly.
4: <laughs> I mean, we want you to get out of here alive, and, like, Twitter might come for you. I mean, that comment about rating Red calling Satomi a jer- uh, Satomi's got a rabid fan base. I don't know, I don't no, know. I don't,
2: I, no, well, well, I mean, that's what hey, Marshall a jerk you said. Stink. I mean, yeah. that's what Marshall said, that red jerk. That's what oh, Marshall yeah. said. For like, sure. I'm not, I, like, I like Satomi. I think she's a cool and interesting character. I have, Yeah. Like, there's only one character the entire book, and you guys are probably going to just be like, okay, podcast, don't screw
1: you. Huh?
2: Nope. Is it Shear? Nope.
4: Uh, who? Let's hear it. Is it Kathy? Because, like, she didn't make that much of an impression. That's just a meme, and I'd be okay with it. Who is it? Who is it? Let's go.
2: It's fucking Kathy. Oh, my God. She's just the godmother. She isn't this special agent entity thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's just an old woman who we barely see. And the bad thing is my mom, who passed away in 2015, named Kathy. Name is Kathy. Uh, so it's like I don't like I, when I was uh, reading today to catch up, I got to the Kathy scenes and I'm just like, oh, God, somebody just shoot her with a radiant blast, please. I know,
4: luckily, Kyle's forgotten about her, too. Like, on the podcast, he's like, oh, <laughs> Kathy. Unless he's throwing us off, and that's endgame goals. In which case, you might have to get off red black, like, right now. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, that, that's shitty. And I've been easing up on the uh, the Kathy. But, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think... It's Pandora's box, and I don't yeah. know if that can return. But, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I mean,
2: it's not... It yeah, Kathy's box oh, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um I know I know we are explicit around here, but that's going a little too far <laughs> <laughs> at
4: this point, uh do the hashtag kathy now uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: god, yeah. god you guys are the ones that are gonna get drunk. I'm not doing that. Uh, uh-uh. uh, nope, not even.
4: <laughs> we'll see what makes the final edit. Anyway, no, but <laughs>
2: yeah. so, so I'm assuming
0: you you're caught up, right? You've read everything. You were talking about 18. You're right, 18. So, yep. have you seen the uh, reading Black Versus animation? And if you have, what did you think of it?
1: Yes,
2: I have seen it. I I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I'm
1: like, okay, cool.
2: You got cowl, you got Radiant Black, and then all of a sudden, let's see, Batman from Batman Beyond, Bumblebee from Transformers, Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World shows up as the voice of Radiant Black. Are you kidding me? That's amazing.
4: <laughs> and you read cowl when it came out, right? When it was
2: released. Really oh cool. yeah, we covered it. Yeah, we so covered. it. you got the, the nostalgia
4: baked in. Oh yeah. So it was like a big pop. Was really when
2: cool. those action figures showed up, I'm like, don't destroy those. What's wrong with you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool yeah it's awesome that everyone kind of has their own like jumping in point like there's a lot of like power rangers fans that are into it but this is kind of like power rangers for a new generation kind of like adorable is my star trek you know it's there's these yeah. ips that kind of borrow a bit and do some remixing and they have some more freedom and i i don't know that's what i really dig about the series i'm not a power rangers guy and the series just kind of works for everybody on different phases of their lives
0: yeah i uh, good bash we you gonna say sorry i was just gonna say i heard someone refer to it as adult swim power rangers
2: Yeah, it kind of is, but it's – so going back almost nine and a half years now, when I interviewed Kyle, he was only doing New 52 Nightwing at the time in 2013. He said in that interview his ultimate dream goal would to be writing Power Rangers, and he would write it more serious than the show was. Look where we are now in 2022, almost 2023, almost 10 years later. He made his mark on the series with Shattered Grid and everything leading up to it with Lord Draken and all that stuff. He did Cowl, which is you know based off his short film The League. You know he's got radiant black now, and I mean the man is just is just awesome. And every everybody he has ever collaborated with or pulled in to be a collaborator for him, like. Man, the, the teams that he this guy puts together, they just kick ass, and it's so good. And that's what's so great about it is because it is so good that you need to – like, it doesn't – like, I have not read his Ultraman stuff yet, and that's only because I haven't really – like, I haven't caught up to that kind of stuff. But, like, almost everything, almost every major – and I'm not saying Ultraman isn't a major thing – Almost every major thing that I've followed him or that I've seen him do, I'm like, I like this. I like what he's doing. I think you it's read cool. Dark Hawk? No, I need to read that.
4: This like six is really issues. Good. It's, it's good. It's really good, though. But yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I, I feel the same way about Kyle Higgins. And ironically, like, the first CGC-signed comic I ever got in my life was a Kyle Higgins-signed book. And it was the Nightwing New Fifty Two. It was the cover with the evil Nightwing holding Nightwing, and the issue where him and Babs are fighting the that stupid guy. I Is it was
2: it prankster? Something no. like
0: that. it was issue like six or something. i oh, it
2: oh, was issue six? Okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: This up, like, yeah, that Nightwing. was the
2: earlier. Yeah, that was the beginning of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that, that was because issue I- six
0: or seven. It's one. It's one of the earlier issues. Okay, it's yeah, but yeah, I remember getting that one signed, and I was just it was just like. Yes, I was so happy. But, uh, yeah, no, I've always been a big fan of Kyle Higgins. I still feel bad that his Nightwing run cut
2: short. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about this for, like, the next 15 minutes since you brought it up. So his Nightwing run, oh, my God. He and I are on the same wavelength when it comes to Dick Grayson and Nightwing to the point where we both hear Lauren Lester as the character. That's the only voice that we hear. And... I actually, when I interviewed Lauren, and I'll have to send you guys the clip so you can insert it somewhere, probably, or wherever you want, whatever. Now, I love s'mores as much as the next guy, but I'm fresh out of marshmallows. What do you say we call it a night? I actually had Lauren do a line from one of Kyle's Nightwing books. So I'll have to send that to you guys, because it's just him saying the line. He doesn't say, hey, because normally when I have celebrities do promos, I'll say, say you're like say hey this is blah 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 and you're listening to whatever whichever show they're on uh, and yeah nightwing new like i need like when the- so his run ended and i firmly believe that his run ends at issue 29 i know it goes to 30 but that 29th issue at the end of that with the safety, oh god, I, I can't even I can't even talk about it without breaking down and crying because it's so good. I wanted him to be able to do Amusement Mile. He said something about part of his storyline for Nightwing at some point was going to be doing Amusement Mile in in Gotham, I believe, and I wanted him to be able to do that. And who knows, maybe one of these days he will, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. But, uh, you know, what he did with it, it was so good and it was so fun and it was so great. Like, for half a second, I thought he had me thinking, Grayson and and Gordon, were going to get together because they're like, oh, move to Chicago, you know, go to Chicago with me, do this, do that. And she's like, really? What will we do? We'd start over. We'd start new. We'd do this. We'd do that. So... I mean, they are together now, though. I have not been reading the the 2016 issue, the the one that has the 96 issue. I have not been reading that. I need to. I, I got a lot of catching up to do, guys. I, so in the since I started the pullback and since about 2017, I've gotten married I've moved blah 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 sadly my wife passed away kind of thing so there's been a lot of life things going on so there's a lot of con like I, I just as of this recording I just recorded a New York comic-con recap with my buddy writer patch patch hand uh pat worked worked for xenoscope for a while he did the robin hood books he he's he uh, does destiny and why which is one of his greater own things so i just finished up a conversation with him and i was telling him that okay well next year i'm going to catch up on all your books and if you see an entire three-month period where the pullback is nothing but pat chan titles that's me catching
1: up
0: (laughs) that's awesome
2: i mean and
0: that are there any comic books other than Radiant Black that you're currently keeping up with
2: that you really enjoy? For me personally, the Murphy verse, the White Knight stuff. Oh yeah, Great. that is my Batman. Great. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm keeping up with Beyond the White Knight because I'm loving what he's doing with that.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Also, Ash wants me to read it for the last name alone. It's like I there was a you know, I, and I I, I, I think Gordon Murphy is just. Extremely talented overall. Yeah. Like underrated almost. I know. It's, I
0: know he's not really underrated anymore because everyone knows about him. But I still think
4: yeah. he's underappreciated. Yeah. There's too many Murphys. I want to name my firstborn Charlie Murphy, but then he's going to get called. Like, I might actually do it. We'll see. Um, one thing I just noticed, we were talking about uh, Higgins Nightwing run, and we know uh, I can't not think of the red suit. And it's kind of funny that the first two radians we see are black and blue and red and red and uh, black and yeah, black and blue and red and black. Like the two Nightwing yep. variations. So that's I don't think that's intentional, but it's a nice little thing to think. About.
2: Oh, I think it's intentional.
4: <laughs> or it could just be wild speculation, but yeah, I mean.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I want to believe it's intentional because, yeah, it's yeah.
0: I need to believe, but now, yeah, now Lauren Lester. I mean, I, I, I feel like I also hear that voice. I, I mean, I like dtas the most in in D.C. I feel like the that's what really brought me into comics mm-hmm. before. I mean, I, I was into comics before, but that's what really kept me there, I guess. So.
2: Yeah, see, that's the same thing with me Like, cartoons were my way Like, I knew of of comics And I had, like, Spider-Man 94 Every time I would watch an episode of I'd be, like, back in, like, Walden books And the gas stations and that kind of thing Looking for Spider-Man comics And that, that's how I found out about Spider-Girl Was mm-hmm. looking for, like Because with Spidey TAS It's like, oh, they're doing a Kingpin story Oh, I want to see if they're doing that in the comics Or whatever, and that, you know so mm-hmm. yeah, cartoons led me into comics. And the one thing that originally we started doing comics on the flagship show, Geekast Radio. And by so my buddy Steve Megatron, he showed me New Fifty Two Batman thirteen, that main cover, which is the Joker's face, which is the ripped off and the whatever else, and it's so, all and I'm like, okay, you got me hooked. I'm going to start a comic book podcast. (laughs) By the time we finished that run from issue 13 to 17, Death of the Family, I was like, yeah, we can't keep doing this on the main feed. So we're just going to have to start a, a comic podcast. And at the time, we didn't know which one of us was going to take it over or which one of us was going to run with it. I ran with it. I literally ran with it. We've covered every thing in the Phase 2 IDW Transformers books. We've covered Back to the Future. We've covered every single issue up to issue 100 of the IDW Turtles books. You know, there's there's just... When you've been doing this for 14 years, there's a lot of content. And again, one of these things that I don't want to bury the lead on is... Have you guys ever tried to look at the IGN Top 100 Animated Series list? No,
0: I mean I didn't even know they had one to be honest. Do they update okay. it annually? Is it like
2: I I, no? I don't think so. I think they did it once and that's it. <laughs> uh, so back in 2009, I think mm. they we were looking around and we and my buddy Optimus Solo who who's done several shows. He uh, right now it's on hiatus, but he does a show called Cinema Geeks with with us. Uh, It's him and his wife and a couple of friends, and and they talk about movies and things like that. Mm. Uh, But he pointed me to it, and he was like, I just wasted, like, 20 minutes of my life. Because the IGN Top 100 Animated Series list is 100 clicks. You have to click through 100 of their website pages. Oh, I remember. single entry. It's like their superhero list, I remember yep. now. Yeah. Yep, So So he saw that, and he's like, okay, there's got to be a better way. And we worked on he worked on it, I worked on it, Steve Megatron worked on it. The three of us worked on this thing and worked on this thing. And what we wanted to be able to do was, instead of having people come to our website and just look through, like, a, like you know how sometimes you'll go to a website and you'll click on an article and it'll say, oh, this is a five minute reader a ten minute reader, it's only gonna yeah. take like so we didn't want people on our website that were going to just read the listing, like oh uh, the headline and skip yeah. the, the meat of the, the issue yeah. yeah 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 well we well we didn't want them just scrolling down like oh uh, like oh and I'm just using this as an example I'm not saying this is where we're to be but like like Renan Stimpy is number one hundred and Doug is number fifty and this is number this and then like we didn't want to just people to read a list so we came up with an audio format and we have done from that point up until today seven different top 100 countdowns and they are all podcast based these are usually six or seven podcasts in the series we usually go 20 entries at a time we come we compile, we, we we collaborate, not compile. why the hell did I say? We collaborate with a number of people on each one of these things. So it's not just us. It's not just me, Steve, Kevin, a few of our other friends that the work. we like we just finished Transformers last year. We collaborated with thirty three other websites and people and and things to come up with the top 100 Transformers characters countdown. In total. I think if I remember uh, well, with the Transformers one, I know it's a, uh, I know it's about eleven and a half to twelve hours of produced published content. That took me one hundred hours to edit all of that. Yeesh. <laughs> I'm a machine. I'm a podcast <laughs> machine. <laughs> but the point in bringing in bringing up the top one hundred countdowns is that they are so fun and they are so interesting and everyone. We'll have an absolute blast with them. Let me just run down the ones really quickly that we've done. I mentioned the very first one, which was the Top 100 Animated Series. We have the Top 100 Animated Films, and I specifically, even though Optimus Solo wanted to put Of of All Time on these, I didn't. Because if you just say Top 100 – like the GCRN's Top 100 TV Shows – Okay, fine. That's our top 100 TV shows. It's not oh, we we feel like they are of all time kind of thing. All right. So animated series, animated films, TV shows, animated characters. Are you are you sensing a pattern here? Top 100 villains, top 100 wrestlers, and Transformers. The next one we plan on doing, which I don't know when we're doing it currently, uh, is Would the you, top. Did you do Chris Benoit on the list of wrestlers?
4: Did he make it? If you just just the wrestler. He would have to be on there, despite uh, yeah, Jesus. Despite the, I was yeah. a kid growing up with Chris Benoit. My first WrestleMania, Eddie Guerrero and Benoit hugging at WrestleMania 20. Yep. So it was some rough Monday Night Raw as those next hey, couple hey. years later. I'll tell you that yeah, much. It yeah, it was. Rest in peace, I, Eddie Guerrero, not
2: Benoit. Sure, I'm pretty sure he made it. I don't remember where he, he positioned.
4: I uh, mean, as a wrestler, he's got to be like... I, oh, know, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh about to bring up back oh no, uh, yeah. No, 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 yeah yeah the next one up. we're gonna do at some point is the top 100 toys countdown Ooh. so we are still working on that we're still
4: we so have the any- kids gonna know what that is they'd be like hundred top 100 ipad apps or whatever i guess we uh, put those toys. <laughs> uh no uh,
2: yeah
4: i want to see how the slinky ranks i'm, I'm invested
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> hour goes out you still got a slinky there, <laughs> no, there's
2: so there's so many 80s things that are not like the action figures, like, like you're saying, and I and I know the Slinky was out before the '80s, but you know, Slinky, Silly Putty, Play-Doh, light Bright. I mean, there's all these things. Like, it, it's just, it's just crazy. So yeah, we're we're in the process of the behind the scenes of doing that, and I don't know when it's coming, but it it is the next one that we are gonna do. That's uh,
0: awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about Joker earlier. And obviously, Radiant Black is a series that's got a lot of interesting characters, including some really wicked cool villains. Which one of the uh, Radiant Rogues is your favorite so far?
2: I know I just tried to read all 18 issues remind me who they are. Like, I know Excel is one. Yeah, Excel, Shear, Doppler, Shift, Mecha. Uh, yep, and, okay. Yeah. I, I gotta go with Doppler. Her story right. was interesting, and I, I am all about sound. So, so yeah, I, I yeah. really dug Doppler. I thought that was great.
4: I like Doppler too. I feel like some are more fleshed out than others, like guys, the most fleshed out, but also you've got that connection with Doppler. Did you read the shift uh, side stories? <sighs> Which
1: is. Image.
4: image. They're in image one through four. No, I don't think I did. No, well, I didn't. There's some cool stuff in there, especially if you like Doppler. There's a nice little uh, element in there. Definitely recommend it. But, yeah. Doppler is my favorite, too, if I'm looking in on it. Like, ah, it might actually be shift because he's hilarious. But Doppler is, like, low-key, like, rising in the ranks with everything she does. I love her implementation in the story, and I feel like she's got a turn at some point.
2: Yeah, and I, and again, just the whole – the villain of – you know, uh, I, I assume you've at least seen maybe one episode of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. I mean, I've seen, that. I've seen a few. Uh, okay, so there's there's an episode – where it's this character, he—it's he, not Sting, but I swear to God, it—it it looks just like Sting, and he's, a, he's or
1: wrestler.
2: a no uh, singer, not okay. not the wrestler, singer. <laughs> and he's he's this guy, this musician who wants to—he basically wants to be like what Shriek is in Batman Beyond, mm. and he has this song called Wall of Sound, and it's like. That's that's Doppler. It's a wall of sound kind of thing. She uses all these sound things and I, I just think that is so cool.
1: Yeah.
4: I want to see her make sound clouds and just rain sickness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: She she's definitely one of the better ones in my opinion. And and I I mean I think they're all cool, but I like I think she's one of the more top tier of the villains. She's a super interesting character overall. And uh yeah, just just can't wait to I'm always excited to get more Doppler and
4: absolutely it makes me think of of big bang theory because that's how i know what the doppler effect is (laughs) unfortunately but yeah (laughs) because you know it's a sound wave whatever anyways yeah headphones dropping but yeah i i do think that yeah doppler is top 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 if i'm gonna make a shitty pun (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i mean if there's
0: if there was one uh what do you call it Basically, if there's one comic book that you could write, okay, in all of comic books, you get to write, No, there's a you know, hypothetical scenario. Yep. Your dream, no, no bars, you know, no issues whatsoever. What would you pick? Any company you want.
2: It would be a Nightwing Red Batman Beyond Radiant Black crossover. <laughs> and I'm not saying that just to say it, but seriously. <laughs> because each of the characters that Kyle has worked on have just been so amazing and they've done so many different things. I would love to see that kind of team up a, a Terry McGinnis, Dick Grayson, and I guess either Nathan or Marshall. How is that? How, how the hell does that work now? Have we figured that out yet? How Not they're yet. sharing? The, okay. Not entirely we're yet, we're
4: just... playing it, but you're like
3: there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so I got one more question. One last question for you here before we close it off. But If you could have one Radiant for yourself, and it could be any color, including a color that hasn't been, uh, that hasn't occurred in the comic book series, which color would your Radiant be and what kind of powers
2: would you want? Well, the powers is easy. I want Radiant Black's powers, but it would be Radiant Purple. (laughs) Because I am all about black and purple. Dark purple. If you guys ever see, I, I can send you an image, but There's an image of Transformers character Galvatron from season three where he comes out of his plasma bath and, you know, the plasma drains off and whatever else. And it's just this close up of his face and his characterization, his his animation, his color. It's very, very dark purple. Yeah, so that's badass. Yeah, absolutely.
4: What do you think? Speaking of badass, what do you think is the most badass thing that's happened in Radiant Black so far?
2: It's god there there are just too many things that have that have really happened i mean i, I you got like up, you yeah. know, I killed that was pretty deadly but
4: looked cool as hell <laughs> like yeah what about you
2: i'm really digging radiant pink i think Eva's a really cool character i think the whole teleporting thing with her i think that's fun um but the moment for me, that like just makes me like just sit back and be like, oh, oh, it's when it's in like it was an issue. It's when Black and Red are fighting. Mm, uh,
1: it's either issue.
2: Y- yeah, it's when the two of them kind of like fly at each other. I have the screen five, cap. Right? Uh, yeah, it's five. five.
1: Yeah, yeah that it's was
0: probably,
2: awesome. Yeah. I love the way Marcelo and Becca and just everybody did that 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 flyaway, I, that, that 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 fly collision thing. I thought that was really really cool. And they have so many good covers, like there's yeah. like you know just so many of them. And I'm not so, like Marshall sitting on the porch blowing
4: smoke, like they're legitimately good covers.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. And the funny thing is, before we kind of go, I want to bring up one last thing. When I asked – did I ask Kyle in, in the Discord or did I ask him on Twitter? So when, issued, when, the, when the first trade came out, it was right before the first trade, Sam Ewing did music for the soundtrack for the first six issues – and i went and i bought it on Bandcamp, and i transferred it over to spotify and i have a playlist and i have the it's the radiant black oh is it it's either four or five it's the variant cover where he's like lit up but he's holding his fist up kind of thing i don't know i'll have to look for it and and figure it out which one it is but uh but yeah, I mean the music that that Sam Ewing did for Radiant Black, like I I asked Kyle, I said, are we gonna get one for for Volume Two and Volume? He's like, no, no, no. And then when he did the Black Market Narrative thing the other night, or a couple, however long ago it was that they did the first Black Market Narrative stream, I I just politely I said, hey Kyle, any news on? Any new radiant music? I need more radiant music. And he said, "Yeah, I really can't talk about that right now." So he didn't say no. He did yeah, not I mean, say he, like the first time say, I asked yeah. him, like on Twitter or wherever it was. He said, "Yeah, no, that's not happening right now." So back then he said no, but this time he didn't say no. So I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh God." I, I go.
1: think
0: I don't know for sure, but I, I think just based on some social media interactions and things that have been said that he might be working with Bear McGreary, who's a composer right now, working yep. on Lord of the Rings, Strings of Power, Mouth Star Galactica, God of War Foundation, Walk Dead, yeah, just a lot of Cloverfield, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, a lot of good stuff. So, and they are following them, uh, him on social media and everything. So, I feel like we should keep a close eye on that scenario because there might be more developments uh, there in the future.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. Absolutely Awesome.
0: I do agree that the, the Sammy Wee songs are just incredible. Like I, yes. I I listen to them quite often and there's some people who back in the day when we first launched uh the Discord server who who just like gave us the idea and actually mentioned it to the rest of the community that you know you could listen to the trailer and the other music as you're reading each issue, which is something that you did today and you basically
4: yep. got the maximum
0: effort reading yep. black. Absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm waiting
4: for the VR helmet issue where you just put put it on, oh. and
1: you're,
4: or like yeah, like it's amazing. I want an issue that's just like one of those like little sliders, little like uh, like slide those things with like the little like binoculars that you put up yep. your, your yep.
2: yeah. I, that's what I want an issue to be, <laughs> but I'm so, ridiculous. And, and it's funny you say that, Matt, because I've referenced this like five times in podcasts recently. <laughs> Back <laughs> when the PS2 was coming out, there was an advertisement. Hmm. Where they were like, oh, it's the future, it's the PS9, and they just kind of like put this plug into this guy's head where they're like, by PS9, we're just going to be feeding it into your brain, you won't need a console, You, it will just be, I'm like, yes, please, give me a Radiant Black, basically matrix me up into Radiant Black, Put a put a... Yeah cord in the back of my head and let me live in in, in the in, in the massive verse please and yes it was issue five the variant cover for issue five where he's just holding his fist up and he's glowing and it's all blue black and white
4: yeah i mean that would be the piece de existence when we can finally go to existence with like a big tube in her head and then we're like bald and uh, we have no eyebrows that's <laughs> what that's what i'm for <laughs>
2: Worry, I don't don't know. Know. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to just stay bald. Every time I shave my head, I'm like, oh, why is this crap growing back? Because I don't, I don't like, de- I don't like dealing with my hair. I'm, I'm not an Eric Matthews. I don't swing my hair around all the time. <laughs> yeah. it, it can be a pain. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I love that variant cover from issue five is because it's done by Serge Akuna. And I oh, had, I love mm, Sergio. Yes, oh, I I knew I knew about his art stuff on the WWE stuff from Boom that he had done. Hmm. So so yeah, absolutely love that. He actually
0: did some variants for Nightwing recently, and they're really nice. Some of them have Damian and, and Bruce, and Very he's cool. just a-talking killing it with Babs. Even love Sergio Cunha, honestly. He's I, I think he's super underrated. He even did the annual for Flash twenty twenty two annual and he it was like his full debut for I think I think his full debut for a full interior for DC and it was just killer. So yeah, like love that guy stuff. But yeah, I mean this was fantastic and we're just right now closing up on an hour, so I love it. Love it that we've been here shooting this shit. And it's like I said earlier, it's been long overdue. Mike is clearly uh, a very cultured individual. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, really not but, I mean uh, you know you know your movies, I'll give you that. I mean you came at us with some some Tom Cruise flicks and some other flicks that we didn't even published realize, poet, you know. I poet? look I had to, look, I had to look at that. Yeah, published poet, man knows his movies, his comics, he's got his animation down, which gets even bonus points for me because animation is just incredible. It's just simply like like you said, it's just it's, it. there truly is some something magical to it. I've never I've never been like a big transformers guy not because i don't like it but i actually do really like transformers but i've just never gotten into it because i feel like you know 80s people when they grew up during that era everyone was into transformers but now all we have is the 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 shia LaBeouf stuff until no 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 no, yeah. no no no
1: no no
2: so after we after we finish the episode i if you have some time i can school you no so shia LaBitch is not all we have trust me we have sometimes almost, i feel
4: like i'm I'm beneath the enemy's scrotum and trying to get into Transformers.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, Revenge of the Fallen, I remember you ugly. Oh, That's my God. introduction
4: to John Turturro. Yeah, like, that, that's an amazing act. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's your introduction to John Turturro.
4: Well, okay. Transformers 1, and then 2. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: right, but, oh my,
2: okay, so yeah, we're going to talk off air, but the one yeah. thing I do want to bring up <laughs> is that I know everybody, you guys and everybody else has been saying, oh, we want Radiant Black action figures, we want NECA, or we want Super 7, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree that would be awesome and great, and, and all I want is Kyle and Michael and whoever at Image has to do this. Go to Funko. I want Radiant Black Funko Pops. Oh, I, a I mean Funko I'd buy them all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good given. I feel like once we get to the NECA and the
0: McFarland Toys and the yeah. whatever have you, I We're feel the like it's a given. Funko Pops. Yeah, is exactly, like, that's funny. Exactly. Crazy. That's like, Bro, they said they said Invincible is getting new apparel, merch, video games, all that. Oh, that's yeah. just so like hopefully it's just gonna. I think it's a matter of time. I told Matt before I'm like, yeah, Invincible. It's a matter of like that third, fourth season. That's when we'll see the peak of the people watching it, because that's the peak, in my opinion, around the time of storytelling. It does mm-hmm. get like it does improve. It stays consistent, but that's like when the biggest reveals happen around that time, and it's like. I think then, yeah, people will freak out. Like, just season two, think about like people like Oliver and all that. It's going to be wonderful. But, yeah, I mean, Mike, where can people find you? Uh, let us know where we can find you for the listeners. All
2: right. I am on Twitter at TFG and Mike. Facebook, my fan page, I believe, is TFG one Mike Presents. Instagram is also TFG and Mike Presents. You can follow at Geekcast Radio or at Geekcast Radio Network on all the other stuff. Uh, our website, geekcastradio.com, has has everything we're doing. I don't do video content. I do audio content, so we have a bunch of other people doing some video content. We've got a guy doing gaming stuff, streaming gaming stuff, and I do a lot of, like, so one of the things that, before we close out, that I want to bring up that with, with the written content and the reason why, when you asked me about the Sean Murphy stuff and all that, is that I was eight years old when they killed Jason Todd in the 80s. I never knew about Jason Todd. You didn't get the vote? I didn't. No. I was eight. <laughs> well, in the uh, what, voting what, party, lives or dies. Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what parent's going to let their –
4: Mom, I have eight. to let my voice be heard. Yeah, I would have marked the streets for my no. for Jason. To live. No, I'm just kidding. I,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. When I was eight years old, the only 900 number I was calling was the He Man and She Ra 900 number. Thank you very much. Because, <laughs> no, seriously, that's a well, whole devastated. I imagine that's, right? a whole, that's a whole podcast I want to do about th- this whole forgotten thing of 900 numbers as far as like. They had a 900 number for He-Man and She-Ra. You call it, you agree to the payment terms or whatever it is or whatever it was, and they tell you stories, and that's all it is. Or there's a, there was a um, – did you know that the Warner Brothers store – so that there's, there's usually an ad that plays right before Batman 89. It's Bugs and Daffy. There are two versions of this. It's Bugs and Daffy talking about the Warner Brothers catalog, because back in the 80s, we didn't have the internet. We had to order from catalogs and mail away and all this and all that.
4: Great for Sears, bad for everyone else.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, in in the ad, Bugs and Daffy are talking about everything you can get from the catalog, and you have to, you know, call the 900 number to order the catalog. And Daffy's like, no, 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 they have to call today. They have to get it today. They have to do it today. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Well, later... I think sometime around 90, 91, they changed it from 1,900 to 1,800. So now they're not charging you for the call anymore. Oh, shit. I'll I'll, I'll send you guys those those two different YouTube videos. So really quickly, the Jason Todd thing. (laughs) I recently wrote up an article called uh, Why I Never Cared About Jason Todd period, 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 until now. And it is all about it's just a quick little read. It's all about Sean Gordon Murphy and how he handled Jay like he either forgot or didn't know in the White Knight universe Jason Todd was the first Robin and Dick Grayson was the oh. second Robin. So that 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 adds a whole other dynamic to the thing, but in the White Knight universe spoilers for anyone that wants to read it that hasn't, sorry. He no. doesn't, they, they make it seem to be that he dies, but he doesn't die and he comes back and he's doing, doing all this stuff. So, yeah, it took me almost 40 years to like and really want to get into a version of the character, and it's what Sean Gordon Murphy did with, with Jason Todd, Red Hood, that I like the most.
0: See, awesome. I, I mean, you know I'm a fan of Jason Todd, I like all the bad families, so I'm honestly glad that you've uh that he's been able to get you to like the character in his iteration of it
4: <laughs> yep absolutely mm-hmm. elseworlds elseworld stories really get to shine new lights on different kind of characters and this is great like that's really cool it's not gonna that actually makes me more interested and want to read it so that's, that's pretty cool yeah
2: it, it's a very very good set of stories now i can take you guys to the continuity offer if i can do it uh, you know it's white knight it's von freeze which is the mr freeze story Uh, curse of the white knight white knight harley quinn and then beyond the white knight so that's the reading order and like literally everything like white knight harley quinn isn't even sean writing it It, it's his wife katana i've been buying all of those oh man i I love i love the
0: the harley quinn series i love the the whole one like i bought it all i love the twins (laughs) Yeah, so i i was uh super into that book and uh I've been bu- I've literally been buying everything Sean Gordon Murphy since then since the first White Knight because yeah <laughs> I agree like it's just such a good take on the character it's one of the the best like Elseworlds Batman yeah. stories there is to be honest so yeah, yeah absolutely. And I one even like I feel like obviously you know about and we'll we'll definitely end here but I just wanted to bring it up cuz I know you're a fan uh-huh. but like I feel like one book that's not mentioned enough, how good it is, and just a genuinely a good time was Nightwing: the the New Order. Like oh. that is, such a good book, I feel like it, a lot yep. of people don't talk about it enough.
2: Yeah, it that thing killed me. Like that, that was awesome. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. This is why I'm hoping at some point. You know, whether Kyle goes to D.C. or whether D.C. – I don't think – I think it would have to be him going to them if he ever wanted Mr. to do it. Mr. Washington?
1: <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh, I think he's big no, enough
0: now, like, I, with Radiant Black and everything, to where he could, like, potentially yeah. ask and they would honestly genuinely consider it, given his history with them and everything as well. But he's also talked about how he's just, like, bittersweet about the whole D.C. movie.
2: Yeah, I I know he is bittersweet about it, and and rightfully so. I'm not denying him that at all. He should feel the way he should feel with the way that that. Because ha- look, I- I'm gonna say this right here and right now. I never pronounce this guy's last name correctly because I just refuse to. Because he. Ooh.
3: <laughs> In technical difficulties. Let's move on, shall we? Don't... Some on the podcast. Like, yeah. look, I don't want, I don't
2: want anybody to, to lose their job or to get fired or whatever, but I'm so glad he is no longer at DC, because he always wants to kill Nightwing, and I'm like, stop it. Don't do that. But I would love to see Kyle be able to do um... um I think it was supposed to be called Amusement Mile. I'm probably forgetting... I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but... I would love to see what his initial part of the story, before he had to change it, would have been. That would be really cool. Yeah. That's and Kyle, not, uh, it's been a decade. Come on the pullback, damn it. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> no, for
0: he sure. Doesn't yeah, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't listen. But if, if all the off-jacks, he, he does. then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kyle, maybe it's, maybe it's time to get on the pullback again. And, uh, <laughs> Red Nightwing and everything. No, I, I honestly, I, I really liked right, Red Nightwing as a teenager. I thought it was the best thing ever. Now I'm I'm more like I I prefer the blue, but I, I really I still like the red. There's a lot of people that are like. I like the I shape.
2: like the I like the blue for the Nightwing New Order was fine because they, they, they had hints of red in there with various covers and things like that. I like the blue for animation. I'm fine with it. I would love to see the red in animation, but for comics, for me, it, it's all about that red man. It just it pops more. Like, I'm more of a
4: BWO guy than than the Wolfpack. Uh, but no, <laughs> no, but uh, no, I I dig it. I blue's my favorite color, so I'll never like red more. But the red I think definitely like has prestige to it. Like the people Yeah, that really that's know, nice. Think, yeah, yeah. The red's like and that. Cover awesome. that Nightwing
0: one new 52 cover is in my opinion. If you're like a Nightwing fan, it's iconic. it's, oh. just, it's a really gorgeous uh, cover. I remember seeing it for the first time. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be an awesome run. And it was yeah. pretty good. So yeah. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Mm-hmm. Stay written, everybody.